This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, my guest is Sarah Hall. Sarah is an incredible athlete and human being. She was actually one of the very first guests I ever had on this podcast. She was episode seven, I do believe. So eight years. That's wild. Uh, Sarah is sponsored by ASICS, married to Ryan Hall and the mom of four. She placed fifth in the Olympic trials marathon in Orlando recently. This was her eighth Olympic trials. Isn't that wild? 20 years ago, she ran her first Olympic trials in 2004 in the 5,000 meters. And since then, here's the progression. In 2004, she ran the 5,000. 2008, she ran the 1,500. 2012, she ran the steeplechase. 2016, she ran both the marathon trials and the 5,000. And then in 2020, she ran both the marathon trials and the 10,000. The 10,000 was in 2021 because that Olympic trials was postponed. And then this year, she ran the marathon trials. Now, if you followed Sarah's career as long as I have, you know that she's got to be one of the hardest working humans on the planet. We knew Sarah was going to go for it and she was going to put every ounce of everything she had out there on Saturday, which is why this fifth place really hurt a lot. She says this one hurts the worst of all the trials that she's competed in. And I love that Sarah will wear her heart on her sleeve and share the ups and the downs. There's been a lot of success. She's a multiple time national champion. There's been a lot of success. She's placed second in London third in Chicago, but she's also had a lot of failure and she just keeps getting back up and trying and working and getting after it. And I don't want to fail to mention that she did run a 226.06, which was a new master's record. She was one of, I believe it was seven master's runners in the race. And I do ask her how she feels about that. And I love her answer. Now, if you are loving all of the bonus content we're putting out here, Um, all of the extra post-trials episodes. Um, A couple ways you can support the podcast and support that work is one, leaving a rating and review. That is a super simple, easy, free way to support the show. You can leave a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Two is supporting the podcast on Patreon. You just go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine. Three is sharing it with your friends on social media. That is a huge way. Uh, Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sarah Hall. All right. Hey, Sarah Hall. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. So good to see you. How are you? You too. I'm okay. (laughs) Mostly good and then have sad moments, but Mm. how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It was so fun to be in Orlando and get to watch you compete. And I'd like to say that Sarah Hall, you put on the best show anybody could ever put on. Thank you. I mean, truly, I know that every woman out there is competing with her whole heart. 
But there's something about the way Sarah Hall competes that it is with her whole heart. Wow. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what this race meant to you. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this, it was, this was my eighth Olympic trials. Um, starting back in 2004, I ran the the 5,000 while well, I was a, a junior at Stanford. And uh, that one was definitely not something I was dreaming about. <laughs> I was in college and just like I did all three seasons that year and was just fried at the end of the year. And I was like, do I have to do this? And like the year before, <laughs> I, I had qualified for the USA's in track and I was also really tired and I was like, the, the coaches let me skip it. And I was like, yeah, I just want to like go home and like take my break. And then this time they were like, no, you're not skipping this. It's the Olympic trials. <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't. They had the foresight of like helping me see that like in my development, like they wanted me to like see the trials and like picture myself there four years later and everything, even though physically I was just like, I don't remember what I place I got, maybe like 10th or something like that. Um, but I made the final and like, uh, yeah. So anyways, since then, it's just, yeah, I've been so many years of like, um, like believing and like going all in all over again each time. And like, mm. um, but, but not having the sport be just about the try the Olympics for sure. Like I just love, love the sport in general. And, but this one was really, was really special, I think, because like, yeah, I was, I like really hoped to make the 2020 marathon trials team. That was pretty crushing, but I think the amount I put into this sport, um, the last year and a half was just like another level from anything I've, I've ever done. And it was like what I needed to get back to running. Cause I was, I just had a year. It was like exactly a year basically of like injuries and setbacks that, um, like I just could not get consistency and I had to like really just like rebuild my body and, um, and it just took a lot, a lot of work from my team too. So all that to say, I'm oh, sorry, that was a long answer of like what this meant to me, but this one just felt different where I was like, man, I've invested so much in this. And like, um, I saw it as like the happy ending of the story. Like mm. this is going to be it, you know? So yeah. <laughs> 20 years of Olympic training. <laughs> yeah. 20 years. So you saw this as the happy ending. So like you get to the start line and you're like, I'm making this team. I had that mentality, but I knew, I definitely knew I was not like, I was going to have to fight like with everything in mm -hmm. me for it. And I knew this field was absolutely incredible. Like we could field five different Olympic teams for other countries or more than that. And so I definitely didn't think it was a given, but like I, I believed in my heart, like I had what it took to make the team and like and that it was going to happen. Like there's a difference between like could happen and like will happen, you know? Yeah. And I, I felt like this time, like it was. And so, so yeah, there was like, I was like really hungry too, just to compete. So I hadn't raced as much as usual. So, so there was a looseness with like just an excitement to like go compete, but, but definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what was your decision process with pulling out of Houston? Yeah. So, um, I had a, like a little hip flare up happen in a long run. Um, and it was like at the very end of the run, like it just got sharp and then I cooled down and I didn't, it like was getting better and like, I didn't really feel it walking around. So like, I think in marathon training, you always have like little stuff just like pop up and it's like most of them are just like nothing, you yeah. know, but 
So I kind of forgot about it and I did another workout and I didn't even feel it. And then my next workout was a tempo. And at the end I felt it get sharp and like the next day on the easy run, it got sharp. And so then I started to get pretty worried about it. Um, and just, I've, I've learned to be like a lot more careful with my body just after the last, that year. Cause before I used to just kind of expect my body to like handle whatever I threw yeah. at it. And, and now like, I'm like, wow, this, this was like a really different year for me. So, so I've, I've gotten pretty careful. I'm like, I feel like maybe I could have raced and been fine, but, um, but I just like with the trials, I was like, I don't want to risk anything at this point, which was a bummer. I was really excited about Houston. I was excited to, to race more. Like I just hadn't raced a lot and like, I felt ready for a good one, but hopefully we'll get, get a chance to run in half soon. Yeah. When you pulled out, I was like, I think she's just being careful. But I was like, please tell me that's what she's doing. Cause we all wanted yeah. to see you perform on Saturday. Um, can you talk about like the race itself? Just like kind of play by play a little bit. You guys were in those packs for a while and the packs break apart. We all know the story now. Everybody keeps wondering like, why'd she throw off her watch at mile oh. 15.9? Um, what was going on in your head? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess going to the line, it's like you, you just have a really open mind with comp. Um, mm competitions that like this where it's like there's no rabbits there's no you know like you have to be ready for anything so like typically all the olympic trials i've been in went out slow um in the marathon but i knew with the depth of this field and like i feel like women's road running in general like we just always like get after it you know like it's like very rare that like any race goes out slow so uh, i wasn't surprised when it um was a pretty honest pace like pretty early and like but i felt amazing like i felt like uh, yeah like physically just like running feels the best it ever has like going into this and so like my training had gone really well and so I was just enjoying like bouncing along up front and like um just yeah like I think just being in a race again like I was like oh like there's nothing like racing marathons I've missed this so much like my last one was Boston and so I was really kind of like just enjoying it and that was one of my goals going in was just to enjoy the race as much as possible and that that would actually help me have my best race. Um, and so I was kind of just like, like being aware of the crowd and like, um, smiling a lot and, um, just like, yeah, make, um, yeah, just being really external, like not really like internal, like not needing to really like, like go to mantras or anything mm -hmm. yet. Like it was really just like, being loose and like flowing out there and so that was kind of the first I would say like lap and a half of the race and then the second half of the last lap I feel like like you could feel like it was getting warmer and like it's getting a little harder and um like as we got towards the last lap um but I still felt mentally like ready like ready for the last one to like grind it out like optimistic like feeling like like the song that came to mind as we kind of like approached the last lap was like, let's get down, let's get down to business. And like, I like, I wanted that. Like I wanted to like the pace to get hotter. Like I wanted to, um, but, but yeah, I think like finishing that lap and then like starting the next lap, like I started feeling little twinges of muscle cramps, which I had, um, at the LA marathon trials in 2016 and which was also warm. And so that made me kind of, 
a little more cautious, like, oh, I need to like, like Fiona was starting to get, to get a gap. And then Emily was um, not on her, but like starting to move too. And then I made the conscious decision, like, okay, I need to like run for third right now. Like the way, like I'm, I'm feeling some like early signs of cramping and, and then, uh, so Betsy was in third and I was behind her and then I felt like we slowed a lot. And so I kind of went around her and tried to like keep pushing, but then I started having more cramps like in my adductors and quads and calves at different times. And so, um, so yeah. And then like Carolyn Rotich came flying around us at some point, got a little bit of a gap. Um, and I was like trying to catch her and then Dakota came around her and like, um, and she went with her. And so I was really spent a lot of that lap last lap, just trying to catch them. Um, and just like in and out of cramping, like when I wasn't cramping, like I, I felt like I was like making better progress. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like, it was tough. Like I was, I was telling myself all the things like, um, like, yeah, just, um, to keep myself in one of the mantras was like, this is how the story ends. Like, I was like, this is how it ends. Like, so like, I feel like that made me like stay positive and stay fighting out there the whole time. Um, and yeah. And just like knowing anything can happen. Like you never know what's happening up front. Like even like, I know Connor Mance was saying he had thoughts of dropping out or or I, I think I heard that. I don't know if it was from him, but it's like, I think he was like winning the race and he's having these, you know, and it's like, yeah. especially in the heat, like anything can happen. And so to the very end, like I was, especially at the end, my neck was giving out, which happened to me also at Chicago marathon when it was hot. And it's like, it's like breathing related, but I don't have that problem in other marathons, but it was like literally just like bobbing back (laughs) and like, I was just trying so hard at that point to, um, to catch Caroline and, uh, just like fight for every place, which is something that, going in, I was like, like, treat this like any other race, like fight for every place. Like, don't just give up if you're out of the top three. Like, it's like, um, yeah. And so I'm proud of that. Cause that took a lot to catch her at the end. That was like, I had to dig like really deep that whole time. And, and I think that's honestly the hardest I've ever fought was mm. that last lap of that race. Like I really, really like, um, yeah, it's hard when you're like not with anyone and you're just alone fighting and you can't bridge that gap. And, but, um, but yeah, I think I just like wanted it so bad. <laughs> but What, like what happened in your mind when you crossed the finish line? Yeah, it was, it was emotional. It was like, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it felt really surreal. I think it still kind of does, but you know, you dream of this moment for like four years. It's like a long time. And like, it's not like what I dreamed of. And like, I was just exhausted. Like I just been fighting for so long and like the heat too is just like a different thing. And so, um, so yeah, like I just like laid there and I was just like really out of it and, um, and really crushed, but like Joni Benoit Samuelson came up and she, I wish I could remember like what she said. Um, but it was like, yeah, she was just saying how, how proud of me she was and how inspiring it was and you know, all those awesome, sweet things. And, um, and then getting to see my teammate McKenna who finished seventh was really awesome. She came in like soon after and we got to hug and I was really proud of her. And like, that was like a huge run for her. And, um, 
And yeah, it was, it was kind of just, yeah, I saw my, my contact at A6, Ben Cesar, and like, he gave me like the biggest hug and like, while I like bowled. (laughs) And like, I think, uh, yeah, I think just like, that meant a lot. Like, I feel like A6 is a company, like they really do care about you as a person. And that's like really like kept me in the sport so long Mm because I've had so much, so much failure, so many like periods where I almost walked away from the sport where I was like I'm letting everyone down including ASICs and like yeah they really believed in me that like I could reach kind of the things I've I've accomplished in the last few years and stuff like they they kept believing in me and that kept me believing in myself and um so yeah and then I saw Ryan and yeah I was always yeah always hard but good and like he's just put more into this than anyone you know so it's like I wanted this for him too and like yeah, just saw it really differently, but but yeah, that's how it went. <laughs> when you saw Ryan on the course, what words did he say to you? I don't even remember. I only saw him twice. Like he was not getting around the course as much as he wanted. I guess the cops were like they, chasing people on bikes. <laughs> they were crazy. The cops were like all over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because there's like a bike path along quite a bit of the course, like off the course, like like off the road on the but, um, so yeah, I didn't think that would be a problem, but, um, so yeah, he, I think he was like kind of not moving around very much out there, Yeah. but I, I don't even remember what he told me, but I think it was just like, I think he was saying like, they're coming back to you, like keep pushing and mm. stuff. But <laughs> And what did you say yeah. to your girls when you finished and what did they say to you? Oh, they were so bummed. Oh. Um, they wanted this so bad and, um, I didn't see them till uh they they went back to take a nap and then we met at this like bioluminescence tour and in the ocean um and so I met them out there and like hugged them and like Mm. they were just like saying like how well I did and stuff but I was I was just telling them like how they're my greatest gift you know and like that's something I've been thinking about even before the race like that like yeah just I've really I've we've my kids have a couple of them have been through quite a bit this last year of things. And, you know, they've all been through like pretty intense trauma and it just comes out at like different times in different ways. And so it just like, uh, yeah, I think going into the race, I was like, you know, apart from anything I do in running, like what matters most to me is like my relationship with them. And like, yeah, but I did want this for them. Like we all wanted it <laughs> a lot. And they were they were really in it with me. Like they talked about it a ton and like Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. All right, friends, a quick break here to tell you about Hug. Hug is a new casual intimates line recently launched, and this is the best bra I have ever worn. There's really no comparable bra when it comes to comfort. The products are not made from foam, which did you know foam literally sucks up water and sweat and ultimately ruins the shape and structure of your garment over time. Instead, they use mesh, and this is a technology that allows the bras to be breathable and stretchy. No removable inserts, so you don't have to worry about those getting lost in the dryer or folded up and crinkled. That's so annoying when that happens. And typically you don't throw your bras in the washer and dryer with everything else. But guess what? With these, you can. You can throw these bras in the dryer and they do not mess up. So Jennifer, the founder of this company, she's worked in the bra industry for 20 years and she thought, I have a way to do this and to do it really well. 
So she created this company and this is a small female owned business. And I'm telling you, these bras are amazing. So I consider these bras like versatile. You can wear them on the go. You can wear them for a workout if you need to. They're more comfortable than my everyday bra, like my regular bra, and they're more comfortable than my sports bra. So I want to wear them for everything. I would start with the Gotcher Back Racer. That is the one I would start with. Get it in black, get it in lilac, you're set. These are a little bit longer too, so you could wear them like under a romper, especially in the summertime. So, so cute. So go support this small woman-owned business and get yourself the most comfortable bra ever. Just go to hug.co. It's H-U-U-G, that's two U's, dot co. Hug.co. Use the code Lindsay15 for $15 off your order of 110 or more. So get the Gotcha Racer back in black and lilac. That's what I have, and I love it so much. The shape is great. Everything about it, you will love it. Hug.co, H U U G.co, Lindsay, L I N D S E Y, 15 for $15 off your purchase of 110 or more. All right, friends, back to the show. Yeah, you mentioned in one of your posts that like in 2015 when you adopted the girls, you you kind of thought at that point the end of your career might be kind of hovering and look at what we're nine years later. It's wild. Yeah. They've been with you through so much. Um, what do you want them to know about your dedication and like your unwavering commitment to the sport? Yeah. Um you know, they saw that whole year of like what I had to do to like get back to running. And, and one of my daughters has also really struggled with like consistency with injuries. Like she really loves running, but, um, just like, yeah, she's, and she's really talented, but just like how her body lines up, it's like, Mm. she's just more susceptible to injuries. And so I've seen it with her. Like she's seen what I do and like, and she's like asked me about the process and like how you stay motivated and stuff. And I think I just try to tell them like, like you have to find joy in the process. Like if it's not worth it, like, as you can see, like no end result is guaranteed. Like I could have just as easily too, like had an injury right before this race and not even gotten to be out there, you know? And like, so it can't just be about whatever this thing is that you want. Like at the mm-hmm. end, like the, it has to be, the joy has to come in the process. And like, I, I feel like I have figured out how to really love the process. Like, and it's a lot easier when you're running. Like I really love running and, um, this buildup was so fun. Like just after such a hard year, like I just appreciated it so much more. And like, I would just be out there like in a hard workout, but just like breaking out in smiles, like every workout. Um, it's like my body felt so good and, just so thankful to be out there again. But, but even when I wasn't running and I would just, when I couldn't, all I could do is cross train. And like, sometimes I couldn't even cross train like for for my T bands, like, like they didn't, uh, they're just large chunks of time. I had to even cut that out and you have to find ways to like enjoy the, the rehab exercises or like whatever it is that you're doing, you know? So I really hope to share that with them that it's like, um, falling in love with the work of like mm. whatever your craft is, like really like leaning into just loving crafting your craft and it not being about outcomes. Yeah. We were just talking um, on the Relay podcast that I co-host. We were talking about Kelvin Kiptu who passed away. Yeah. And 
I know it's like so heartbreaking. It's like, I'm like, I can't even, I can't imagine having a conversation right now without bringing him up. But in the, in the conversation on Relay, we were talking about how like he is inspiring us to like squeeze every bit out of the talents we're given. Right. Mm -hmm. And I see you do that. I mean, for 20 years, like we've seen you do that. And like you said, there, there's been a lot of successes, but there's been a lot of failures and you, you keep getting back up. Like, how do you stay motivated to do that? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just because like, I want to do the process more. Like I like, I love working out. Like I, it's like, I don't know. It's yeah. There's nothing like I would rather be doing right now. Like there's things I want to do post running. So it's not like I don't enjoy anything else or have any other like things in life that I want to do. But it's like for right now, like I, especially like, I feel like there's still more, I haven't like mined out of my potential. Like I did some of like the best work I've ever done in this buildup. And that was after a year of like, for the first time I, there were more days I couldn't run than I could Mm -hmm. run. And so like to be able to like, yeah, but it drew like in that process, I was able to learn so much about like movement and my body and stuff. I wish I had learned way earlier in my career. And it was so cool because like, it's like for, for so long running was just like pain management and like Mm -hmm. getting through the, you know, like the miles or like just pushing yourself, but then it became more of an art where it was more about like how I was moving. Like I had to pay a lot of attention to like, I couldn't just like go run. And like, I had to like be really dialed to get out of these like cycles. I was in like, I had to really pay attention to like the way I was moving. And, but it was like a whole new way of doing my craft, you know, which made it really fresh and like, and cool. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's really it. It's just like, as long as, as long as you love the process, then, then even if the end result doesn't work out, like it's still worth it. (laughs) I always wonder, like, how do you enjoy something so much that actually like hurts so bad? Like, (laughs) and I'm talking about the race, like physically it hurts really bad. And then also like you're crushed at the end of this race, even though you enjoyed it. How do you enjoy that pain? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I think it's just how I'm wired and I see Ryan wired the same way. And it's Uh like, it's funny. Like he's, he's not like he's retired and he's like, he can do whatever he wants like all day. Like he doesn't even have like a job right now, but he likes to (laughs) push himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's a coach and like, um, you know, he has sponsors and things, but he's like, he, he loves to push himself. Like he'll Uh be, he's been, his thing right now is like reps on the treadmill at 20% grade. Cause that's kind of like, he's been struggling physically with some things, but like his body likes that. And so he's like just hammering and like finish it great. And like, we were, we were together for a while, just the two of us in Florida. And I was like, we're just like in the gym forever. And I'm like, this is like what we're going to be like when we're like 80 (laughs) is like in Florida, like working out all day together, like just like hammering, like, but, uh, like even when I was young, like I, I loved like challenging myself like I was like I'm gonna try to rollerblade to the beach one day and it was like a hundred miles or like something (laughs) like that and like I don't know that's just like always like I get so bored like if I have too many easy day run days like even though I love running it's like I want the hard running like that's Uh like what I really love (laughs) so what did you do I mean obviously you had a ton of rehab and you had to do cross training but like during that period of time when you couldn't run 
would you peek out with for this race? I don't know because I don't keep track of my mileage. Um, oh, interesting. We go by minutes for the miles. Yeah. It's, um, so, like, obviously a lot of the workouts are, like, by mileage. But, like, I never, like, go back and really, like, okay. add it up. But it was it was a little bit lower this one because I, I was supplementing with cross-training more. Yeah. What do you do when you have extra time on your hands? Yeah. I feel like it was the opposite. I feel like I had so much rehab. <laughs> So much time. Yeah, just way more time than when you're healthy, which is part of the hard part because a lot of that you're not – is not stuff you want to do. Like you want to run and you don't want to do like exercises or like things like that but – or trek down to Phoenix to get like treatment or things. But but that was like what it took. Yeah. To John Ball, the, the wizard. Uh, her- <laughs> yes, off to see the wizard. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what everybody says. Um, okay. So you mentioned when you were younger, so obviously if people are listening, they might know that you broke the master's record two twenty six oh six, which was like 90 seconds better than faster than what Des ran, um, this past fall master's runner and fifth place vying for a spot on the team. Like what does the master's thing mean to you? Yeah, I feel like it, like, it doesn't mean a lot to me personally right now because I feel like my best races are ahead of me. And, like, I don't, like, I don't feel my age mm-hmm. except for, like, this last year. I'm like, well, maybe I do because, like, <laughs> I've never had a year like that before. But um, prior to that and and besides that, there isn't, like, a lot that I feel, like, negatively with my age. But I think what means a lot to me is, like, what it means to other people. Cause like, I feel like it's been a whole level of like other people telling me how much it's inspired them to like keep chasing their goals, even at 40 or like into their forties. And, um, and that it is still possible. Like, and like, I feel like Kira has a, a super amazing story that way too, especially walking away from the sport for so long. And so I think like, I, I like really love that because like I love being able to inspire other people and like connect with other people and share our journeys. And like, I feel like that's like, that's been really rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting too. Well, you mentioned Kira and like a lot of these women did walk away for a while. And so then we talk about like, does their body feel younger because they could, but you've been pound, like you've been hammering <laughs> since you were like two. yeah let's go back to high school at least but like you've been hammering for so long it's kind of wild to think about like when you ran those trials in 2004 like in your wildest dreams would you have been like I'll have four kids one of them will be in college and I'll still be running the trials in 2024 yeah no not at all um and yeah I think I think that does help to have a hiatus like for your legs. But I, I, I think it's like the balance because then aerobic capacity, you can just keep building for years and years. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. Like I've been able to just like keep building that and like what, but the limiter is like your body, like what it can handle. And like, um, I have off amazing people helping me and that's like kept me in the sport. Um, but yeah, I definitely like, it was not my plan even to do this for more than a few years. So it's like, <laughs> I was like really wanting to do something else at times and Ryan was really loving it and crushing it and setting records. And so I was like, well, I can't do like what I want to do. Like I still love running. I still love competing. I'll just keep, I'll keep doing that. And then it was, it was funny. Cause like by the time he retired, like I was starting to get momentum and starting to like really love the marathon and stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I, 
I don't know how much longer, but like, I'm just going to keep like, as long as I'm improving and enjoying it, like keep going, I think. Yeah. It's so it's been a long time, obviously, since Ryan retired and like your career took the front seat. Do you all ever talk about that still? And like, what is that like in your relationship? Yeah, it's, you know, I think it is, it's a hard thing for sure, because I was like, so in it with him. Like I was like, like, yeah. And like, it was more the focus for sure. And now it's like, it's hard for me to have something to rally around in his life now. Like I could that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's like a shift for sure. And like, like I'm excited, like I ask him about how his weightlifting is going or like, like times when he does things, but it's like, I can't be there like cheering him on in the weight room or something like I could like running, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think like, it's like, I, I really try to be, um, just careful though, because I have seen where relationships can be one-sided. Like mm. obviously like being a professional athlete is really demanding and like every little bit of your energy matters. And like, but I, I don't want it to be like, you know, everything's all, and, and I definitely, he does way more of the grunt work. Like I just got stuck on the side of the, like of our driveway in the snow and he like <laughs> dug the car out, you know, and like things like that. Like he steps in big time to like, um, help relieve me of things and, and like, like I would do for him. But, but yeah, I would say just like, it was hard for me at times then like it is for him now. And like, I think just like being open about that and like, yeah. And just still finding ways to like connect. Like I, I'm really excited to run in the trails more with him now that he's um, running more. Cause for so long he didn't like run at all. And it was hard. Cause that was like something we did together. Mm. And that was like how we would like connect and like, that was our fun time together. And then we had to figure out like, we need to do something else now, but, but now it's like, he's running more. So I'm excited to yeah, get in the trails with him. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> and with him being your coach, um, you know how you were saying like, he goes all in on whatever it is he's doing. Like, you know, like finding the limits with weightlifting and doing this incline thing on the treadmill. Like he also seems to be like a, a um, scientist, right? Like wants to figure out the best ways to train and all that. And so I'm curious, like as you've gotten older and your body's changed and you're racing and everything, you were talking about your body mechanics earlier. Like what is that like to like devise the plan how much of it is like mostly him devising it versus like you jumping in and having input as well? Yeah, it's definitely a collaboration and that's different from how he operates with like his other athletes. Like that's a little bit more like I would say Ryan in general is like he likes ha having athletes have input. He wants to know what they're excited about, what they're craving and training. So it's, it's a lot more collaborative probably than most scenarios already. But then me in particular is probably even more <laughs> just because of like our relationship. And then I think like I like to experiment with things and so does he. And so I think we both just like, we're just like both curious people. Mm. We realized like we kind of are like, I don't know. We don't like following formulas in any area of life and like, <laughs> training too like I think we're like and it comes back to bite us both like his in his career and mine but like I wanted to try some like stuff with heat training in the summer and it went very badly and I got like overtrained and really tired and um because you can really overdo the heat stuff and and so it's like it doesn't always work but sometimes it like there's been stuff that like I feel like has saved my career that we've mm. like figured out together and stuff so so yeah I feel like it's it's fun <laughs> So excited to be partnering with You Can for 2024. 
UCAN's award-winning Edge Energy Gels last longer than any other gels and provide a more consistent feeling of energy. You know so many pros are using UCAN. It is a legit product. Emily Sisson, Sarah Hall, Emma Bates, Kira D'Amato, so many pros and non-pros rely on UCAN to fuel their training and recovery. And if you haven't tried it yet, now is the time. UCAN is offering the All Have Another community an exclusive chance to try four edge samples for free. All you pay is the cost of shipping. Head over to ucan.co slash another to claim this exclusive offer. You can also check out the full variety of UCAN products at UCAN.co and save 20% off your entire order with the code ANOTHER. So go get those free edge samples, the four samples for free. Just go to UCAN.co slash another to claim that exclusive offer. And then if you want to check out the whole store, go to UCAN.co and for 20% off your order, use the code ANOTHER. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, speaking of the heat, like you were one of the athletes that really came forward about like, let's move this start time. It, like this could be very dangerous, right? Like I am yeah. going to put every single thing out there on that line, regardless of how hot it is. And yeah. man, like, thank God it started at 10, right? Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, there's always the people that are like, oh, like you're not tough enough to run at noon or whatever. And it's like, no, actually like the, because I'm tough, that's the reason I want it earlier. Cause like, I will like, yeah, like I was already like floored after that race in 10 AM, like noon would have been like much worse. And, and also I think like, yeah, just heat is kind of an X factor that like, even when you've run well in the heat and like, I've had really good races in the heat and I've had really not good races in the heat too, but you don't know how you're going to, it's going to impact you. Even people that there were people that wanted it later because they thought it would benefit them Mm -hmm. and they struggled in the heat there at 10 AM, you know? And it's like, you don't always know how it's going to impact you. And so I I feel like the, the least amount of X factors that don't like reflect the Olympics, I feel like we need to minimize because otherwise it's like, yeah, you're just throwing these like big variables into the mix and like you want it to be about the race itself. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, if, if we had gotten our way and what we asked for was six or seven or maybe they, they made it eight, I think it would have been a better, better scenario. But at least 10 was better for sure. <laughs> yeah. When I interviewed Dakota after the race, I forget what I said about you, but she was like, <sighs> I didn't want anybody to make this team more than Sarah other than me. Right. Like something along those lines, like, yes, like I, obviously you want yourself to make it first, but like there was nobody else I wanted to see up there than Sarah. And she kind of just gave you a nod, like that you'll always be on the Mount Rushmore of American marathoning. And I thought that was really beautiful. That is, that means a lot. And like, man, what a race for her. That's so inspiring to like, see how she just believed in herself that whole way. And like, just like went all in and like, just see, sought to the finish. Like that's like one of the most iconic races. So yeah, yeah, hats off to her. I'm excited to see her continue to like, she's got like so much excitement and momentum now and like, see what that takes her like in Paris too. What is it like to be the veteran out there? Like, I'm trying to think of all the women, especially those top contenders. Like, I mean, we've got Des, obviously, too. But, like, you are one of the veterans. 
from way back when. What is that like, though, to like be on the start line with this sea of women? Yeah, um, it's cool, actually, because I feel like, I don't know, like the relationships through all these years are so special. Like, um, yeah, just like Alephine, like all the stuff like she said to me after the race was just so sweet. Like she's just she's just so wonderful. And like, I don't know, like our camaraderie is like so I I love it so much. And and yet, like we've had so many battles together. Like I love battling it with her. And but um, but yeah, just like genuine like friendships, like like after the race, just everyone like Mm -hmm. it's like we've all just fought this battle and then we're all just like so much respect so much love for each other and like um so I think that's the cool part is like like yeah just all the the depth of relationships and that's what I I really felt overwhelmingly like even in I feel like even in in failing like is how you realize it even more like it's like it's something about people's like it's like when things are hard, like that's what compels them to really tell you like what you mean to them. And like, really like you feel it in a different way than even than when you succeed. And I was like, man, like I didn't make the team, but like, I'm like rich in relationships for sure. And like, I feel like that. And like Ryan, when he retired, I think I I get the benefit of viewing the sport after seeing Ryan go through it. And he's, he made two Olympic teams and he'll tell you like, and Alephine said this too, is like, the Olympics doesn't change anything. Like, it's like everyone is obsessed with this and it's like, it doesn't change anything. And like, and yet, like, of course I want to still go for that and like have that experience. But, but also like what his takeaway at, at the end of his career was like, man, it's the relationships that made this special, like, and what I'll always treasure about this. And, and so like, I feel like I get to learn from him and like, um, it's like, it's like deathbed things that you wish you had kept in mind during your life. It's like, I like his career deathbed things. I get to like keep at the forefront, you know? (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. You're talking about the relationships and like battling with these women. Like how do you wear the battle hat and the friendship hat at the same time? I don't know. Like how, like, I feel like it just, after a while, like it just happens. Like when you, like you've just done it for a while and like I can I remember like one one thing that comes to mind is like I was running the US 10k championships and um Alephine and I were like battling and I was she's kind of had a gap on me and then Steph Bruce came around and like passed me and like was like battling with Alephine and like I remember like visibly like smiling watching her like pull into the lead and win like even though I'm like hurting like back there and like I wanted to win but like I knew what this would mean to her to like win her first U.S. championship Mm -hmm. and Alphine and I had won a bunch of them and so it's like I don't know it's like you I feel like I like yeah it never stopped me from trying to like win that race like as hard as I could but it's like you can be genuinely happy for the people that make the team Mm -hmm. and like um I don't know. I think it's, it's more of like an abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset, you know? And like, really like there is a scarcity of places on this team. There's three, but like, if you have more of an abundance mindset of your life of like, there's more than enough of like what I want in life to like go around. And it's like, we're all in this together. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but. (laughs) So how do you make sense of it now? Like this is part of your story now, your eighth Olympic trials. Obviously, you feel fit and ready to do some more more stuff this coming spring and summer and fall, I'm sure. But, like, 
How do you make sense of it right now? Yeah, I think that it's just, that's how life is, you know, like we envision it going certain ways and like we can feel so strongly, like it's going to be a happy ending in this way. And like, it's not always, you know, and like, and so, yeah, I can't make any more sense of it than that. But like, I do know, like, I'm excited for so much more in this sport. Um, and I'm, and like a lot of my best races have come off my biggest disappointments. Um, and so I know how to rebound after those. And so I think I'm just going to keep enjoying each day of like getting to do this, being healthy, like feeling my body, like running, feeling better than it ever has. Um, and like, I fought so hard to get to that point of that. Um, so enjoying the, the fruits of that and, um, and yeah. And then like, always believing anything's possible. Like I'll probably give it a shot on the track, even though I've run one track season in the last like eight years, <laughs> but like, um, why not? I'll probably still just like go mix it. Why not? Yeah. And like, and like, who knows, maybe four years from now in the marathon, like, I, I don't know, like it's, yeah, this sport, like I, w- I wouldn't stay in the sport just for trying to make an Olympic team, but I could see still be doing the sport because I love it so much more even four years from now, you know? So I, I don't know what the end of the story is, but I'm excited to just keep living it for sure. <laughs> I saw you were calling out like, hey, give me some race suggestions. And then you were like, <laughs> when we scheduled this workout, you were like, um, I might have to move it because of my workout. And I was like, she's already doing workouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, um, I my body came off it really well. Like my legs like went into it the best they've ever felt. So I found whatever I go into it is how I come out of it. But I mean, it definitely like I went to the well out there. So like my energy still isn't like, uh-huh. I'm just respecting that and stuff. But um, so when I did the workout, Ryan was like, no faster than this pace. And like, normally I would never have a workout that's like that. It's like run as hard as you can every time. <laughs> so like, we're definitely like being careful, but like, I'm feeling like I can keep rebuilding to some, some new goals now. <laughs> um, so obviously you're not announcing like what you're running this spring. You have that. I know that has to be like an official thing, but um. Do you think you have your sights set on another marathon? I have my heart set on something and I have my agent working on it. So I actually don't know yet if it's going to happen or not. But if it doesn't, um, there's a lot of scenarios I could be excited about. And I'll probably try track 10K at some point. Um, I'm not exactly sure when. Um, but yeah, it's it's all kind of in flux. But like um, Ryan laughs because I'll like. I just like get this note and I write like all the potential races down and I just like get so excited. Like I just want to do all of them. And, and then it's like weeding them down to like one or like two, you know, but it's like, it's a fun process of dreaming again. And I feel like my heart is ready to do that. Like some people it's like, you can't even start to think of new goals or things, but like for me, it helps, like it helps me to be excited about something new and, and, and know that it's like, this wasn't a hard stop, you know, like it's like, all my training I did is, is building into like other things. So, yeah. What do you think your like biggest race to date has been? Can you even answer that question? Like my best, like, race yeah. Like, like if you could put a performance on a pedestal and be like, that was it. Yeah. London? I would say London for yeah. sure. Like, I think it was like everything about that race. Like just not just like the end result was my best result, but like, what I had to like do in the race and like the scenario was like the worst case scenario for me and like everything so I think like yeah I think that's the one I'll be most proud of like performance wise but I think this one's the most one I'm most proud of like 
fight wise, like what, like the fight to get to the line and then the fight in the race was like, like probably unlike any other race for sure. I watched that London finish so many times. Oh, (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) Thank you. People tag me in it like every other day. And I'm like, I'm not sad about this. Like, I don't mind watching. (laughs) It's just so good. Like, there she comes. That's so interesting to me and also encouraging that like the, the race you just had at the trials and the fight, like was your hardest fight to date that we can like 25 years into doing something, we can still learn how to fight harder. Yeah. I mean, that is really inspiring because you think, oh, okay, I've been, I know what to do. I've been doing this for so long. I show up, I do my workouts, I do all the things I need to do. I get to the start line. I know how to be strong mentally, but somehow you figured out a way to be even stronger. Yeah, like I I remember a teammate of mine when I was a pro that was like, I don't want to get too comfortable. Like I don't want to get married or things like that makes you like not hungry, like when you're racing and stuff. And like, it's funny because you could see it that way, right? Like you'd have less fight if you're like, I'm going to be loved no matter what by my family. Like my life is dope outside of this or like whatever. But, um, but I feel like for me, it's the opposite. Like when you can come from a place of being fully loved and like secure in that, like then I don't have like fear out there. Like I can just be totally fearless. And like, I lined up with total confidence and no fear. Like, even though I hadn't run a marathon in so long, I had hardly raced, like, you know, and I didn't have anything to like prove it to myself. But like, I think that's the difference when you're like coming from a place of like, yeah, fully loved and accepted and everything. So Mm, yeah. I love that. And then your girls are how old now? They are, um, 13, 16, one turned 20, 20, uh, yesterday and, uh, 23. So two in college now. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, what is this life? Like, how does that feel? And then 13, you've still got some time, but like, can you even imagine like life as an empty nester at this point? It's crazy. We can now. And that's, what's wild is like, we're like, cause we've thought about like, should we have like a biological child or like, should we have like adopted another baby? Like at times. And we're like, so you really weigh that you're like, okay, that's like restarting the clock, you know? And like, but it's like, we're like, or like Lily's in seventh grade. So like we have like five more years, you know? And so like, it's pretty wild that that, and I feel like Ryan and I, we get little tastes of it, like, when we do these little training trips together. And it's, like, we've, we're so used to spending all day together every day that, like, I feel like that's going to be a really easy transition for us, like, in some ways. Because, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's like, pretty wild to think about for sure. And, like, I'm, I'm really hoping I'll have grandchildren soon that I can, like, <laughs> <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, I'm, like, I want a grandbaby. <laughs> I- Just kidding. I know. I'm just to the point where my youngest is five and I'm like, I want to hold babies now. Like there was a really Really? long time where I was like, I don't want to, you know, I don't really care about holding other people's babies. And now I'm like, I'm far enough removed that I'm like, I want the baby snuggle. I had enough in my own house for long enough, but now I want them back. Um, That's awesome. And how are you navigating like school as far as like college competing? Mia, right? Is it Mia? Yeah, Mia and Hannah's 
also in college competing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is it like to navigate, like talking to them about how to look at their college careers and whatnot? Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah, they've, they've both had challenges with athletically, like staying healthy and stuff, but I think like just encouraging them, like this is like the most fun time of life is what I always tell them. Like I had so much fun and, but like, part of the fun was like seeing how good you could be at this too. Like not, it's not like the like go crazy partying fun. Like, and so, so yeah, I think just, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of big transition because they also like still aren't fluent in English and we're really behind in school. And so it's like all these things, but I try to come back to like, Hey, this is like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, like don't stress out to the point that it's not, it's not because like you've worked really hard to get to enjoy this season of life. So, yeah. All right, Sarah, <laughs> what are you most looking forward to? And then we'll wrap. This will be our wrap. I'm really looking forward to running another marathon. I like, man, just loved getting to be out there again. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Go check out our wonderful sponsors and give them a little love. Hug dot co h u u g dot co use that code lindsay15 for $15 off any purchase of 110 or more for the best bra ever go check it out also lagoon sleep lagoonsleep.com slash lindsay use the code lindsay for 15% off that was the other way to support the show support sponsors of the show. I was saying that in the pre-roll and I couldn't remember what the fourth way was. That's the way to support sponsors of the show. Um, if you want to support the work we're doing here and that's not just the work I'm doing. I have an amazing editor, Emma, who has been working with the show for five years now. All the shows are edited by Emma. So big thanks to Emma. I can be like one of those fancy podcasts, those big podcasts that say this show is edited and produced by Emma Benner. All right. If you want to learn more about this show and all the shows in our network, just go to sandyboyproductions.com. Sign up for our newsletter. They can be emailed directly to your inbox every single week. Um, we do link the show notes, like all the books we talk about and things like that. Um, and I do have a book club going on too. Always a book club, right? Uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram to stay up to date on that. It's lindsayhine626 over there. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on the podcast again. She's been on the podcast so many times, and I always love having her on the show. If you are not following her, which I bet you are, she is Sarah Hall 3 on Instagram. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time on I'll Have Another.